Welcome to the Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast, where you, the listener, gets to eavesdrop in on the conversations I'm having with fellow entrepreneurs as we sit down for coffee each week. Learn just what it takes to be a business owner, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. And be sure to stay till the end to learn about the Yes to Entrepreneurship Network and how it can help you grow your business. Oh, here comes my guest. Talk to you soon. Jill, this is amazing to be able to finally catch up with you in person since it's so hard to catch up online with Facebook and everything. And I just wanted to see, like, how did you start Screw the 9 to 5? Like, what's what's your background? Since I've been following you a lot, but I'm just curious, like, where you started. Mm. Um, so that kind of takes me all the way back to 2006 because I started a web TV show called 20 something. Thank God it was during the days that you could erase stuff off the internet because (laughs) it was a show for women in their twenties, all about dating, sex and relationships. And I'm pretty sure I would die if that was out now. (laughs) That's Um, awesome. (laughs) But that was like the day, like that was way, that was MySpace days. Like I built that shit on MySpace. And so it wasn't really like online TV was not a thing in 2006, really. Like that was the year YouTube just got acquired by Google. Like that's how long ago it was. So really it was the start of online video. Um, And yet we still, we did it for two years, two and a half years, maybe amassed over a million views um, and tried so hard to go for sponsorships, but you know, big brands at the time were not trying to get behind online video, let alone one that has to do with dating, sex, and relationships. Like we just scared the hell out of people. Sure. (laughs) But um, it was in 2008 when I was um, finally kind of left that. And I started a new thing with a girlfriend of mine and it was a web TV show, a travel show, sorry, a web travel show. And it was all about moving to Australia. And so her and I were, you know, gearing up to do this big year long trip around Australia. We got some sponsors on and all this kind of stuff. And right before that, I had uh, these two buddies who introduced me to this guy named Josh. (laughs) (laughs) And all of a sudden, my big sexy trip to Australia was like, I just want to sit on Skype and talk to this guy all day. Like we would Skype for four to six hours a day. Like it was my roommate hated it she was so mad that i met a boy right before we were moving to australia who just happened to be australian um (laughs) and he was living in china at the time managing his team of programmers because josh had a software company um, when i met him uh blogging software and i was so green to the space he really was like my first mentor i didn't know what a keyword was like i didn't I was so green. I just had a video background and I knew how to present well on camera. And that was like kind of what I rested on. Um, And so we moved over to Australia. He moved back to Australia from China. um, And we just started this like love affair. We just had, he showed up on my door in Sydney as a surprise and like said, I love you. And I was sold. Like I was, wow, I was in it for life at that point. Um, And around that time, like I was watching him make all this money and (laughs) I was not making much money at the time. And I was bartending and my, um, the dude who owned the bar that I was bartending at, he owned three venues in a little area of the Gold Coast called Broad Beach, which is just like this one little beach on the Gold Coast. Um, And he had three restaurants all in the same block and he was spending all this cash advertising in tourist magazines. And I, I asked him like, how much do you spend? doing that and like can you track it and he said I spent five thousand dollars a month and no I can't track it and he asked me if I would help him like come up with ideas for video marketing because he had heard about our web tv show and I said well better yet I'll manage all three of your venues on social media I'll be able to track who I can bring in and it's five thousand (laughs) dollars wow and he said yes and I was like what yeah um (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, awesome. BTW, I quit bartending. (laughs) So I'm just gonna do this now. So you'll also have to replace my job as bartender. Um, (laughs) And that was my first profitable business. And once I got a taste of that, like there was no turning back for me. For me, because I never wanted a job. Like my mom hated my path in my twenties because she would be like, please don't get a job. And I'd be like, no. (laughs) 
I am not getting a job. I'm going to bartend and model until I figure it all out. And she was like, oh my God. So when I finally had this social media management business and I started getting more venues and more venues, then she's kind of settled down. Not really. I mean, like, I feel like this is the first year that she trusts that we're going to be okay, even though I've been at it for like well over 10 years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I started watching how much money Josh was making and how little he was working. And I was managing all these clients. So I had like seven mini bosses and oh, I was wow. tweeting all the time and going into their venues. And it was just really time consuming. I was training time for dollars. And around the same time, which was late 2011, Josh and I both started getting very disenchanted with our um, individual businesses. Yeah. And he said like, we should, we should start a site together. And I was like, yes. And he's like, we should start an affiliate site. And I was like, yes. Uh, sorry, what's an affiliate site? <laughs> like, I had no effing clue. Um, and so he really led me through the process and we started our first ever site together. It was a skincare affiliate site. And oh, from wow. there, I just learned how to write for the web and how to build an email list and how to create content and how to build traffic and how to get links and how to get on other people's platforms and how to build an audience. And we just started baby stepping our way through this process. And once something worked, we'd rinse and repeat until we had over 30 different affiliate sites. Um, and then the pretty much like the end of that first year together in, in our business together was the year we were getting married. So like first, first tip, <laughs> don't start a business with your fiance the year you're getting married. Yeah, really? <laughs> she gets really real that year. Um, but it was actually on our wedding week. We were sitting on the balcony. It was in Costa Rica. And we are having a drink because it was the night before all our guests arrived. And we were about to move to Thailand because it had a big digital nomad community. And we were oh. saying, like, we should, we should share our story. Like, we should start documenting this because we're starting to get asked a lot. Like, how do you make money? You guys drug dealers? Like, what's going right, on? Right. Don't work at all. <laughs> Um, how are you guys making money? And so we started saying, we should totally share this. And Josh is like, but what would we call it? And thanks to Costa Rican rum, I was like, <laughs> you know what? Screw the nine to five. And both of us were like, oh my God, I wonder if that's available. <laughs> and we registered it and we kind of sat on it because we didn't know what to do with it. We had never built a personal brand. We never had our faces on anything or our names attached to anything, all of our sites before that. I mean, I had my face on one of our biggest sites, um, sure. but my name was not on there. Like we were very anonymous. Um, and so we didn't really know what to do. And so finally in 2013, it was like April, 2013, we finally put it out there. We just, honest to God, we had no freaking clue what we were doing with this. Like our blog was all about like Pinterest tips and <laughs> SEO and living overseas and working with your partner. Like we had no content strategy. And so for that first year, we just struggled. And I remember we went to launch our first program. It was called Badass Guest Blogging, which should have been our first uh, sign that <laughs> we were headed towards doom. Um, and we spent $5,000 creating this program and three months of our time and we went to launch it and we made precisely zero sales. And it wow. was a real turning point for us. And we started like that was, first off, I ugly cried for a full day. Like I was so embarrassed. I thought sure. everyone was watching. No one was, turns out. Otherwise people would have bought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I just was like, oh my God, that's the most humiliating thing I've ever been through. But it was this real, pivotal moment for us because it made us take a left turn and start teaching what we knew and at that time what we really knew was affiliate marketing um, and so we just leaned into that and from there things started growing we had our first successful launch in 2014 and then we created a program called screw you which then became a membership site we started a free facebook group and everything started rolling from there and then what that's like five years ago yeah <laughs> so five years later a lot of tears a lot of day drinking and a lot of ahas led us to where we're at today. <laughs> and and that's amazing because I, I didn't know hardly any of that. So it's fascinating to hear that part of it, which is why I love having conversations like this and being able to know that you also struggle with the building it, ready to go, and then no sale. Like, Of course. I feel like of that course. every entrepreneur has to go through that because... I feel like almost every entrepreneur does go yes. through that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's so refreshing to hear you talking about that because, uh, again, where you're at in your business and where how far you've come with that, it's good to know because so many people, you know, they start out and it's like that first year, 
they realize, okay, nothing's sold, and then they might want to give up, or they do give mm-hmm. up, and, and yeah. they can't push through. So kind of what motivated you guys to keep going? Is it because you guys were a team working together, or did, was there other things that kept, you know, mm. pushing? We just didn't forward? have a plan B. Uh-huh. We did, like, the, there was zero chance of us getting a job so (laughs) but that was never in our plan like both of us never you know like we've been we've never had corporate jobs it's funny we run screw the nine to five we've never had a nine to five like the closest we came was me being a bartender working 9 p.m to 5 a.m that's about (laughs) the closest thing but we had no chance or no choice and so we had to figure it out we wanted to figure it out um because there were so many cases of people doing it online and if they can do it, why the fuck can't we do it? And so we just went back to the drawing board and we knew that I think early on, we knew screw the nine to five had something to it. Like it just from the very beginning, people were reaching out and stuff. And if I had paid attention to, and, and also we tried so many different things. Like once that failed promotion happened, we're like, okay, what could we do here? We maybe start done for you services. So we started doing done for you services. And this is in the days of like, really like, (laughs) um, like just when organic SEO traffic was easier. And so we were building links for people and writing content for people and doing keyword research and affiliate product research for them and building websites. Um, we lasted for about two, two months with that because it, <laughs> it was a lot of work. And then we're like, okay, great. We're making money. Yay. But also hate this. So yeah. what's the other option? And then from there, we started thinking, what if we had a course about affiliate marketing? Instead of doing all these dumb for you services, which clearly is an indication that people want to have affiliate sites. Right. What if we taught them our process for that? And then we learned our lesson. We pre-sold it. And so we got a few thousand dollars underneath us, proved it, and then created it. And then from there, we just started rolling. Ah, uh, see, that's smart. And and how did you overcome like the marketing struggles? Because I know in every business, no matter if you're just starting out or you're well-established, marketing always can be a challenge. And especially when you're in the beginning stages and don't really have you know, funds to help get the support, how did you really get the marketing going because you guys have built up a huge huge following over the years Mm. um we just grinded really like we had no choice we we had a va um but he helped us really with just and i mean we were not strategic hirers at that point (laughs) we we really like we've learned the ropes through a lot of hard work and a lot of hours, truthfully, and a lot of failures, honestly. Yeah. But for the marketing side of things, like I really focused on getting on other people's platforms because that was our advantage. Like our advantage was that we had just built all these affiliate sites and the way we did that was through organic SEO. So I knew the power of getting on other people's platforms. And at the time, the reason why we created this program, Badass Guest Blogging, was because that's how we had built links to start ranking on Google for all of our affiliate sites. Uh And so we're like, oh, clearly everyone wants to know this, right? No, Um, (laughs) but it was a great, uh, lesson for me because I used that strategy. I took that strategy from our affiliate sites and used it and screwed the nine to five. And so I just started writing guest posts as much as I could. And then I was like, damn, this is really time consuming. Holy yes. crap. Let's start getting on other people's podcasts because I came from a TV background, right? I was right. a lot of video. I was doing a lot of modeling. I was doing TV spots, all of that kind of stuff. And so I had that gift. And so I just started reaching out to people to get on their podcast. And then from there, word started spreading. And then we had our own podcast. And then the big breakthrough for us was in 2015, I started our first free group, which grew to over 45,000 members. And that was, that's what I think put us on the map. Yeah. And that was huge. And, huge. and so how did you manage that? Because I know that has had its pivots along the way oh, too. Yeah. <laughs> you could probably tell because I have zero free groups now. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and, it, and it's interesting because that strategy seems to be working really well. It does. And it probably does less stressful. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you meant Facebook groups work really well. So both. I mean, yeah. Facebook groups, I'm a huge believer. If you're just getting started, you should have a free Facebook group, assuming you actually want to put in the time. Like right. that's the caveat. You have to want to give your time to people and be present. Um, and for the 
like I had free groups up until the end of last year. So a good three years straight. Um, and it was amazing. I got to, I, the beauty of free groups is, or Facebook groups in general, is there a two-way conversation, right? It's not just like your Facebook page where it's all just goes down in comments and you barely see them or like Instagram. It's not a real community feel. Facebook groups have a real community feel to them. You can search, you can go live in them. Like there's a privacy aspect to it an exclusivity aspect to it. And so I just leaned so hard into that. Like I was just a community builder to my core at that point. I still consider myself a a community builder. I just do it in a different way with pop-up groups now. But back then I was just all in, like I went into beast mode. I would answer every single person's comment, every single person's question. Like I knew everyone by name and I would link people up like, Hey Ed, Oh, you're interested in video or podcasting. Oh, you should meet Loria. She's, um, she's our go-to gal for all things video in here. And, you know, I just, yeah. I just peopled really, really hard for a lot of years <laughs> and started turning. I think that's how screw the nine to five really got known was because no one was really doing a lot of free groups at that time. There was right. a few like, um, ours and Pat Flynn had one and this was the days of like Kimra Luna. She had one. I don't know if she still has a group, but like she had one then, um, and so there weren't that many. And so it was really easy to stand out. And yeah. everything I did pointed back to that group. So every podcast interview I did, every guest post, every feature I did, everything drove, drove back to that free group. And I just used it as this like catch all so that we could warm people up and get them um, aware of our brand and our mission and turn them into believers. Now that is money right there like that's the huge part when it comes to going back to that marketing piece is that having that single call to action and making sure that you're always driving people back and what's interesting is that you drove people back to the group which is great because of the community part um versus your website which is what you know a lot of people will say oh Mm -hmm. you want people going back to your website not somewhere else totally totally and i mean I don't know if it was the smartest thing in the world to do at that time, but it worked for us. Yeah. Um, would I do it that way now? I don't know. Probably not. I would probably want to build our messenger list or our email list or our podcast downloads or something that I could actually control right? Um, versus a free group, which could be taken away from you or throttled with reach or whatever, you know, yeah. like someone could report it. We had so many other screw the nine to five groups popping up by people being like, no, this is the screw the nine to five group. Oh, and I'm no like, kidding. What? Like there was just, yeah, it was an interesting time. That's so, when you know you've really made it, when people start copying you. <laughs> something like that. But it was full of trolls who would just say the meanest things about me. So oh, no. it didn't feel like I had made it at that point. Yeah. Um, but it was it was mad helpful. It's what got the brand off the ground. And truthfully, we used it as like a huge source of market research. So everything we created from inside Screw the 9 to 5 started within that free group. And what people were talking about, what people were asking, we used it to fuel promotions um we used it to fuel our podcast our webinars our live events like anything and everything we're doing happened inside the group see and that's what's huge about facebook groups and because you have made some transitions with that group and Mm -hmm. and where you're at now Mm -hmm. is is it because that the market has been flooded basically with the facebook groups and how that is going right now or is it just because you guys really wanted to do the pop-ups i love pop-up groups truthfully because they're limited time people show up in a big way for them they're intentional yeah they're purposeful they lead somewhere um i loved our free group for i would say two out of the three years we had it which is huge really really time consuming that's why i always say to people when they're like i want to have a free group i'm like awesome you should start one caveat assuming you like peopling yes that's <laughs> because huge. that's a huge aspect of it and people will tell we'll be able to tell if you just have a bunch of moderators and in, in there pretending to be you like the charm will not be there totally. um and so it just got to the point where i was just maxed out from it i was so burnt out by feeling like i i was tethered to this group that it was such an easy to say also our group started growing so big like i wanted to sh- close it at 20,000 to make it much more inclusive or exclusive, sorry, so that I could control the vibe. And I went against my better judgment 
I listened to other people and what they said, like, no, grow it as big as you can. And I was like, uh, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, and it just sacrificed the charm of the group. It lost its, it really lost its charm, I think. It lost the magic that made it what it was. And it became this huge thing that it started showing up in other people's sidebars. And so people just kept joining it in droves, but they didn't know who we were. They weren't behind the mission of screw the nine to five. They were coming in being like, whoa, there's 45,000 people in here. I can easily promote to this. Yes. You know what I mean? And it just lost it all. And I was just like, nope, Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. This sucks. I don't want anything to do with this. I love these people, the ones that are the believers. And so I started a new group. I shut down our 45,000 member one, started a second group in an in the attempt to hit the reset button and move the believers. Cause there okay. were still a ton of them there yeah. who loved the brand and loved what we were trying to create. And I moved them into a new group and I had stricter rules and you had to answer membership questions and all this kind of stuff. And I had some real strict guidelines in place. And that was great for about a year. I built it up to, I don't even know, 13, 14,000 maybe, because we were very strict on who came in. Sure. Um, and then I was just tired from it. It just, I, I wasn't showing up the best anymore. I found myself avoiding it now. And so instead of just, again, sacrificing the feel of the community, I just did a hard thing and was honest about why we're shutting it down and invited people to get on our email list or subscribe to the podcast or follow us on social media and stay in touch with us that way and let them know that we were gonna be opening up a whole bunch of pop-up groups in uh, 2019 and just got them on the wait list for that and tried to keep the ones that really were believers in our world and then, you know, pieced out and wished everyone nothing but the best and kind of hit the reset button in our business entirely starting right. in 2019. Yeah. And, and that's, that's key that I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't listen to their intuitions and listen to their gut that, you know, mm -hmm. they feel like they have to keep going and, and mm -hmm. that if they change something, everyone, like you said earlier, everyone is watching and they're going to be looked at as like unstable or a failure or whatnot. Yeah. And like you said, it's so not true. Nobody's watching. <laughs> no one's watching. No one's thinking about you. All they're thinking about is you, what you're thinking about them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and that's the crazy part. And so, cause I'm really big on, you know, um, planning and, and scheduling and time management. What kind of tools have you guys used in terms of, cause this, you guys have a lot going on mm -hmm. over the years, of course, too. And how do you kind of manage it all? Cause I know you have a team, but. Yeah, I was like, her name is Christina. Yeah. <laughs> she does everything. <laughs> she is our right-hand chick. Um, but truthfully, we batch a lot. Yeah. Also, we've put a lot of boundaries in place. Like, we used to be all over the place with our schedule. And now, only Thursdays and Fridays do we take calls, check our emails, um, do Love interviews that. for other people. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are for designing. Like this is our CEO days. This is where we design the direction of the company and the things we want to create. It's where we do our podcast batches. It's where we're the days that we'll use to create our new program that we're coming out with in 2020 or where we work on our promotions we're doing. Like we really have started to segment our days and that's been such a biggie for our productivity. Um, oh, and then huge. Josh is a crazy person for the tool workflowy. Um, oh yeah. That, that's made a big difference. I remember, well. I remember him talking about it on one of you guys' lives and he doesn't I, shut up about it. <laughs> I had to go check it out and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is really nice. This, yeah, I love how it, it just flows. Yeah. He is a fiend for it. Like anytime I, I ask him something, he's like, have you checked work for you? I'm like, stop <laughs> responding to me with that one question. No, I haven't. Just tell me the answer. That is funny. And is he an affiliate for that? He needs to check on that. No, I don't even think they have. I actually they don't prob even know if they have. It's like five bucks. So I yeah, can't they probably, it. they probably don't. They're it's like a 50 cent commission. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And so with the batching, cause I think that that's a huge one too. I talk about that a lot with people is that it is so important to put in place something like this. Was it hard for you guys to to adapt to that, especially when it comes to like checking emails and 
and kind of connecting with people? Um, well, that's actually quite a new thing, okay. truthfully. Like once Christina came on full time with us, um, we started looking for, okay, we need to take control of our schedule because it's all over the place right now and we feel flatlined. Yeah. Um, also, we're coming off what I would say is probably one of our fullest years promotion wise. Like we did five back to back promos this year. And by the end of it, like by the time September ended, like I was a puddle on the floor. Like I had no energy left. And so we had to figure out like, how can we protect our energy so that we can show up like a fucking superstar for everyone that we're chatting to or going on their podcast or people who need our time? And how can we also protect the growth of our business and use our time wisely for that as well? So that when we're right. focused there, we are in design mode or dream mode or do mode. Um, and so that's been huge for us, but that's very much a new thing for us. Um, okay. Before that, we used to kind of let everyone else's schedules dictate our schedule. We're yep. really, really bad at that. Um, so now it feels like so much mental white space. Plus our son just went into daycare. I don't know if you have kids, no but kidding. that like we are living our best lives right now with all this time. Oh my because kids, he's in there for like nine hours a day and we're like, what do we do with ourselves right now? So yeah. uh, we are very much taking the time to kind of recoup our energy so that we can go big for 2020 again. But that very much comes with boundaries and batching and having just being intentional yeah. with how you show up in your business and when you show up and what you do when you're in work mode. That is fascinating. And yeah, you guys did a lot of promoting. Um, did a lot. It's like, <laughs> I was so impressed. I was like, wow, there is a lot going on here. And it was always, you're always showing up at top, you know, at your best. And it's like, mm -hmm. how are they doing this? Because <laughs> well, we shut down every single piece of our business at the end of 2018 that was no longer serving us. So we had our time back. Yep. We had our time back. We had our energy back. And we just hit the ground running. We're like, let's do all the things. Um, and so we just played all out this year. Um, and it was so worth it. I'm so glad we did it because we made all of 2018's revenue in the space of like eight weeks, which wow. was great. Um, and now we have another like four months until we have to be on again for our next promotion. So now we just really go back into serving our audience, creating great free content, putting more systems in place. I'm now trying to, Josh is the systems one in our, in our business. Like he is the okay. CEO of our business. I do not think that way. Yeah. And so I was saying to him, like, I would love to like be more strategic with our content and get more video out there and be better with social media. And he's like, just create a system. And I was like, I, don't know how to do like you do that that's not how i so he's challenged me to figure out a new content creation system so that's my new thing for the next little bit so that i can yes. again create even more high quality high frequency content but not zap my energy and so again those needs boundaries time systems energy in order to be able to execute on it so we're always just trying to get better right like right. you just every year it's almost like okay great so that's who I was by the end of 2018. What do I want to be in 2019? Okay, cool. This is who I am by the end of 2019. How can I be even better in 2020? I just continue to build upon myself, really. Oh, that's so refreshing to hear. And that's exactly what entrepreneurship is, right? It's all about yes. continuing to grow yeah. and to learn something new. Because if you're not, then you're not, you're not moving forward. I mean, at uh, the end of 100%. the day. <laughs> 100%. And with your content creation, because you guys create so much content, do you... Do you think? Uh, I feel like we... Well, that's probably an obnoxious question to even ask, because I feel like we don't actually create a lot of content. We have three no. podcast episodes a week. Yes. Yeah. So there, it sounds like we create a lot of content. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess, yeah. In, in Yeah. That's for me. Yeah. Because, I mean, most people are doing like one podcast episode. Yeah. A week. Great point. Yeah, so three is like, okay, gosh, that it's great. And it must be a lot of work um, when you're thinking about that. But exactly, batching yeah. is huge. And yeah. so this might be part of your, your content creation system that you're gonna be creating, but I'm curious, do you find it challenging to, or even if you maybe don't, maybe you don't even look at this yet, um, for repurposing? Because I know that we're always in that stage of, we got to create something new. We got to put something out there. And even myself, 
have a hard time stopping and looking back and trying to repurpose the great stuff that I've already put out, whether it yeah. was last week, last month, or last year. <laughs> I seriously need to. I'm literally adding this to my sticky note to add in repurposing because you're right. Yes. I do not do that at all. And we have well over 250 podcast episodes. A bunch of those are exactly. video and we never repurpose them. I'm writing this oh, down see, right now. I don't, I don't feel as bad then because it's always on my mind and I, I can do it with, with video. Like I talk about that with clients all the time about repurposing your videos and mm-hmm. I can do that no problem, but it's like going back and repurposing other stuff that, I mean, I looked at my blog post the other day and I was like, wow, there's some good stuff on here and it's still relevant. Why yeah. am I not doing this? True. I mean, Christina's great because she helps us with that. Like she's very systems minded, which is awesome because she was actually an engineer oh, cool. um, in, 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 crap, I'm in one of the Carolinas, North or South. I can't remember right now, yeah. but she thinks that way which is great. So her and Josh think that way. And I do not think that way. So she, um, she actually manages the contribution side of our business as well. Like we have a guest blogging side to our business so that we can have more content, but without us needing to create it. And so she has that, but yeah, we just, we have a ton of content that I, it's almost like it gets promoted once and then we're like, okay, never mind. Yep. Um, and I could definitely get better. I will add that into my system, Ed. See, there you go. That's what I'm talking yes. about. <laughs> yes. That's what I love doing. Well, and it's funny that you're talking about systems because I kid you not that I have been in this season of planning and just, mm-hmm. I mean, with, with the podcast and just my whole um, Why Not Our movement, uh, it, it's just been amazing to experience. And I realized that I really have become a TV producer or just a producer in general in terms of creating the seasons, if you will, that you're going to be on air for the podcast and for probably my Facebook lives and really figuring out what episodes are going to be there. And like, I've just done this whole spreadsheeting thing. And literally I just finished this morning where I was like, wow, I actually feel like I have a real action plan that is focused and that it is laid out for the rest of 2019 and all of 2020. And if I can just sweet. stay on it, I'll be good. All of 2020? That's well, huge. In, in my, so the thing is, is that I have struggled with being so creative in so many different directions <laughs> that it's been a blessing and a curse, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like- No doubt it just happens that way. And so yeah. the yes to entrepreneurship has always been a thing. And while it was going to be a limited series back in 2017 for the podcast, it kept getting followers, even though I wasn't promoting it. And so the universe, That's a good sign. yeah, the universe kept coming back to that. And well, I felt like they were telling me, you know, yeah. Hey, you got to do this, which is Pay why I circled back. Yeah. And mm. that's why I circled back to it and said, you know what? Okay, 2019, let's get season two up and running. And I went full on like everything, like episodes with the with the uh, branded images and a guest page that people can know when their release date is and give them sample copy. I mean, I went Damn. full on, yeah, yeah, like to the grind there. And I realized that it encompasses everything, uh, the Yes Entrepreneurship part with the podcast what my book will be eventually, uh, lesson plans for students and, and being able to do the Facebook lives as a, as a web series. And, um, and I created the why not our movement, which is so funny. It like, when I tell people about it, when I give them in person, I was just at a conference, um, uh, Todd Herman performance con. Oh, it was amazing. Such a good experience. And when I handed out, um, my, mission cards to a couple of the speakers who I really enjoyed, um, their reaction was priceless. And it was just like, they loved the idea and where it was going. And and it was just one of those moments where it's like, okay, now we need to bunker down and really all of this. And so the whole big picture is clear, which is why I'm trying to get in a schedule together, which is what I worked on this morning to really just stay focused because there's so many parts to that vision that Mm. would be awesome and can be complete. I just have to stay focused and get each one checked off the list, which I'm good at doing if I have the list. 
Mm. And do you have people helping you for that? Not yet. <laughs> mm. it's so you have all to be the me. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. intense. It is, and and that's where uh, again I'm trying to get in that space of you have to because my mindset has always been nine to five and mm. I'm the first in the family to graduate college and really be the entrepreneur. Yeah. And so I've had to go through a lot of mind shift changes. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. It's like amazing what we have to go through and what people don't teach you. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I could not, first off, I obviously could not agree more because my whole, our whole mission is transform employees into entrepreneurs. And there is all sorts of minds, mindset stuff that they yeah. have to work through. I mean, we have a free challenge that we're going to do. That's just evergreen called think like an entrepreneur, because oh, you good. really do have to unravel a lot of that stuff. You know, yes. like employees are taught hard work equals success. Whereas yeah. entrepreneurs know the less you work, the more you make, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you have to, or I don't even like saying this is keep talking about like, yes, you have to work hard, but we hate that wording of it right but when you're on track and lit up by something you do you take massive action totally right? so you have to take massive action it, it's basically the same as same thing as work hard but the wording and the vibe is different so you have to take oh, massive totally. action you have to show up you have to do the work for sure but your effort does not determine how much you make in entrepreneurship it really doesn't yes. because you can effort your way to a million dollars for sure and then you could effort your way to $1.1 million. Right. But to get from 1 million to 2 million, like how can you even effort anymore if you've maxed yourself out? At that point, you really have to start being a CEO, right? It yeah. Even before a million, Christ, like I wouldn't even be able to do life, let alone be a mom <laughs> at the point of like 250,000 even. Like Josh and I got to 100,000 on our own and then we're like, nope, this, what? can't breathe yeah like so much to do we need help um and so i think effort will get you so far but it'll also cause you to burn out and it really isn't the best use of your skills right. not even your skills but you like you as a ceo with the vision yep. that's what your job has to be your job is face and voice like the content creator that's what yes. Josh and I always say for ourselves like that 2020 that's all we're doing in our business from now on is face and voice everything else will be hired out um, which is a new area that we've never actually allowed ourselves to commit to. We've always had this like, no, we're the doers. Right. But it'll throttle your momentum if you have to be the one doing everything. I love that you just said that. I just got chills because that that is exactly my thinking too. And I'm trying to, you know, push myself to that point because really it is. The face and the voice and my brain, the way it works is like, anytime somebody's talking or has an idea or whatnot, I'm like, this is what you need, go do it. <laughs> like literally like, here's the tool and get it done today. Like you don't have to worry and think it through in terms of, you know, like what tech to use, it's done. Like it, it just auto, you know, finishes the sentence for people. So, and for me, live broadcasting has been a big thing, which I miss because I haven't been doing lately. So. Cause you're in the weeds. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so, that's where I need to get the action plan together and get the systems together so that then I can bring on somebody yeah. to help because it's so That'd important. be the only thing. And not even like that, not even you getting the system together, them creating the system. Like True. that's, so I don't manage or hire or do anything. Like that's all Josh. He handles, like he is the CEO of this business. He handles all ops and he's, essentially grooming Christina to be a mini Josh, but okay. Josephine, I guess. <laughs> yeah. With, with work flowy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she creates all the systems. He doesn't, gotcha. he just oh. walks her through what the task is and not only just what the task is, but the result he's after. What's gotcha. the result you want them to accomplish? And what are the, like, what is their, um, like key numbers that they have to hit? So for example, one thing we're doing in our business, and I just say this, I offer this to just anyone who might be like, oh, what? No, yeah. You know, just a different way of hiring. It's the first time we've ever done it this way. So we don't have a ton of proof yet, but we're pretty into this idea. Right now, everyone who we're bringing on, they get a base salary, obviously. Right. But everything else 
is a rev is a profit share. Oh, that's cool. So now we only hire like the key roles we hire are revenue generators. So the um, content producer that we're bringing in, her job is to start building or writing a lot of the product reviews that we, because a huge piece of our business is affiliate marketing. Sure. Um, and so she is coming in to write all the product reviews that we've wanted to write, but that just keeps you so in the weeds. She was an old blogger who doesn't want to her own thing anymore. Um, and so she comes in, she gets paid a certain amount for each piece of content she creates. And then she gets a cut of the profit that she creates. That's really these. cool. And it's a mad incentive because now there's a limitless potential for her. Sure. Because I know for sure, I know that that product review arm of our business will be a million dollar arm of our business, no doubt. Because there are so many products you can review online yep. that are that have affiliate programs and are easy to rank for. And they're, it's just easy money. Right. And so you bring someone in who's motivated to build that up and they get a cut of it. Oof. Now they're taking mad accountability, mad responsibility. They are working towards the result they want. All yes. you have to do is like check in with them. Are you okay? Like, are you on track to hit your numbers? Like they set their own goals. You know, it's just such a cool way of hiring. We do it with Christina. She gets a cut of our overall profit of the company. Um, wow. Yeah, I just really like hiring with that kind of incentive. Now, again, we're only a few months into it. Sure, sure. <laughs> Will it be the best thing or the worst thing we've ever done? Who knows? I'll right. let you know. Yeah. But it feels like the best thing. <laughs> well, and that's <laughs> what they have accountability. Yeah. And that's the cool part, right? Is that it, it's again testing. Like, that's what we have to do no matter what we're working on is we have yeah. to test and see what Innovate. happens. Innovate. Yeah. yeah. And, and if it works great, if it doesn't, then we look at it and we, we learn from it. It's like, what and can we have done better? A hundred percent. And the reason we did that is because we had, we did it the old way that everyone tells you, like, just pay yes. someone a really great salary and they'll be motivated. No, they won't guys. No. <laughs> <laughs> at a certain level, they get used to the amount of money. Like I remember Josh and I, Pre 2018 would just be like, how much do you need to make in order to like love your job? And they would tell us and we'd be like, okay, sounds fair. And then they do a shit job and we'd be like, fuck, oh, well, yeah. like, that's so annoying. Cause now we're paying you so much money and you've done, which is on us, PS, sure. because we didn't question the system. We just abdicated all responsibility as a CEO and put it on them. Yeah. You know? But now you hire and you give a cut of profit who is not going to move for that, right? And so it's just, we just tweaked what we were always doing and kind of put the responsibility on them to get the outcome and the result we're after. That is huge. huge. That, I, I love being able to flip the script and to be able to try something different like that and see what happens with it. Well, and it's just, it's, I don't know, it just feel, it feels way more empowering for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you're just hiring people and paying them a flat salary and then you're, you have all these expectations, but they're not lit up by what they're doing and they're yep. just here to get a, a paycheck, you are going to get so frustrated with hiring those kind of people that you're going to think, I'm just not cut out to hire people. I'm just going to do it myself. And yep. then you're going to go back to drowning in the weeds of your business again. And your growth is going to be throttled because you are having to do everything. But if you can look for ways to incentivize and it's not just always money right? right like it's a good thing to ask your people like what would make this a total win for you what would make this a dream job what would make this a place that you would never want to leave sometimes it's you know i i don't want to start work till 10 so i can drop my kids off or i want to have whatever 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 it is right just asking people what matters to them in their life and baking that into their role and then incentivizing with performance related um, incentives and bonuses. I just think that it's the best of both worlds. Oh, a hundred percent. And you just hit a great point that you have to ask. I always tell people ask and listen and asking them because we assume it's money, but we know the bigger picture is that it's not always money. It's about that freedom. And if this can help them have that flexible schedule there, people are willing to work for less to have a better lifestyle like that. And so I love that you said that. I'll have to let you know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Maybe in 2020, I'll be like, Ed, take that out. <laughs> yes. 
That's hilarious. And so what are you working on for 2020? Because I know you guys are now kind of in a different, I keep referring to it season, but because I'm now I'm thinking of- It is a different season. Big yeah, because I'm, I'm in that producer mindset now where it's like, life just feels so much more manageable being in seasons and, and structuring it like a TV show, which is kind of how I've done everything in, in the past. And now it's just packaging it together. I'm like, wow, I can get a lot of shit done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Totally. And it just makes it so much easier. Because again, it goes back to that batching and really being aware of your time. So I think um, the biggest thing in 2020 for us will be, so let me quick zoom out because I know we didn't talk about this, so it won't really make sense. In 2018, at the end of 2018, Josh and I shut down every single piece of our business that was no longer serving us. That means we shut down every single paid offer we had ever created or had, including a monthly membership community that was doing over 300,000 a year. And we started 2019 with no paid offers and just a fully affiliate revenue model. So everything we did was selling other people's stuff. Um, And it gave us a ton of space to figure out, okay, we've made this huge change in our world and our business. We're parents now. Like what matters to us going forward? Like what do we believe in and what do we want to like, how do we want to serve? What is it that we want to teach or inspire around or give value around or whatever? And we realized as we did our own work around this, yeah. we're really, really passionate, lit up, and really good at helping people work on their inner game. And Screw the 9 to 5 <laughs> is a very broad brand, right? Yep. Like, it, it doesn't focus on just one type of entrepreneurship. I don't care what kind of business model you have. Actually, I know that sounds harsh, but I just care you have the guts to go for it. Yes. And I know that every single person will be suited to different business models. Some people are coaches. Some people like having courses. Some people want to be affiliate marketers. Some people want to be e-commerce store owners, whatever it is. I just care that you have the tools and the inner game to make yes. that happen. And so what we've decided that we that we're really good at is working on the belief side of things that I, the inner game, which is hot tip, like 90% of the work. And then for all the how to tactical stuff, we promote other people's stuff. So we don't have to focus on any of the how we focus on the, like, what do you want and why do you want it? And then we help you upgrade your current thinking so that you're in a place to get it. And then we shine a light on people who have programs or services or tools or courses that teach the how around certain things. So how to create a course or how to build an affiliate site or how to create a dropship site or how to be a coach, whatever it is. And we shine a light on the people who are experts in that space and serve our audience that way. So 2020 looks like more of that for sure, but we're also opening up our own program called Shift. I'm so freaking excited about it. And it is just like, We still have to design it. We have a bunch of like loose ideas. um, Also because it's like six months away from when we'll actually (laughs) create it. Um, But I know it'll be, I don't want to call it group coaching because it's more than that, but it'll very much be live interactive videos with us and coaching and then evergreen stuff. And we're still working on it, but um, I'm really excited for it to be honest. So it'll be called Shift. And I'm a big believer in it. And I can't effing wait to get it out there. Yeah, no, that that's huge. And, and you know, I love that you have the the focus on the inner game, and then the uh, promoting for the tools and the how tos, and and that's really what it comes down to is really knowing what is it that you want to focus on and that you're good at, and really how can you connect other other people with what they need. And Amen. that's that's how I look at it too. You know, I mean. To be honest, that's how the Head Network started last year, which is my basically group coaching, if you will, mm-hmm. um, paid membership where I connect people with the right tools and resources. Like literally, because that's every time people would say, hey, Ed, do you know where to go for X, Y, Z or or whatnot? And, you know, I thought about changing the name because I wanted it to be bigger and people love the name. And so I was like, OK, well, I'll, go, I'll stick with it because mm-hmm. you got to do what the market wants, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's all about connecting people with the right tools and resources and and that includes other people yeah agreed I think a lot of entrepreneurs fall into a trap of trying to be everything to everyone yes and so some people in their audience will be like do you offer anything around blah 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 and they're like nobody can 
Yeah. <laughs> and we <laughs> did that. We did that so yeah. much. We had like, holy shit, like something like 12 courses or something insane. We oh had Facebook gosh. ads and sales pages and sales funnels and idea validation and niche selection and business plans and um, Facebook groups and visibility and SEO. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I say that because we did that oh, 100%. And now I'm saying. like, no, I'd rather just show you who's the best person to learn from and send yep. you their way. And, and that's that's the thing. It's about narrowing it down and really, I'm starting to remove things too. Like the other day, I actually removed building websites off my website because I was like, you know what? That's, I can Doesn't do need it, to be but you. it's not there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, it, and it's getting to that place, and this is where working on your inner game comes in, is getting to that place to give yourself permission to remove that and say, you know, 100%. it's not for me. It, it's the thoughts we think and the beliefs we hold that give us the feelings we feel and therefore the actions we take that give us the results that we either love or are unhappy with. And there's so much of that ingrained in us because our parents didn't know about this stuff for the most part. Exactly. Like my parents always told me hard work equals success. They told me money doesn't grow on trees. They yep. told me that in order to be successful, you need to get a real job. Exactly. A lot of us were brought up with that and that shit is ingrained in us and it's really hard to break if you don't, if you don't have awareness around it. Oh, totally. And so that's really where I feel like we could shine is helping people identify that and giving them the tools to upgrade those thoughts so that they become like this unstoppable version of themselves. And then we support them by connecting them to the actual experts in the different business models or strategies that they're looking to learn. I absolutely love that. <laughs> uh, Jill, I want to be respectful of your time because uh, we're coming up on the hour here. So I could sit and talk with you all day long. This was it's been so, so fun. awesome and such a great way to be able to really connect with each other. Um, this and thank you just for being in our world all those years and for how you show up in our, in our previous groups and stuff. I just really appreciate it. And so I'm oh, so yeah. glad we finally got to chat. Thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. It was, a, it was an absolute pleasure. Awesome. Well, have a great rest of the day and say hello to Josh for me. I will. Thank you so all much, right. Ed. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Yes to Entrepreneurship podcast. Be sure to head over to yestoentrepreneurship.com for more episodes as well as information on how you can join the Yes to Entrepreneurship network. The network brings together ambitious entrepreneurs, you, the why notters, who want to grow their business online and master the basic principles of organic marketing so they can connect with their ideal audience collaborate with fellow business owners, and create engaging content that actually converts into sales so that they can build a sustainable business over time. Join the Yes to Entrepreneurship Network today at yestoentrepreneurship.com.